everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside Connor Baltazor. And this is actually quite a good week for non-revs. After uh, we've had a few weeks of the season, multiple seasons, I suppose, that have been a little rough, this is actually a generally really good one. We're going to start off from the top with women's catsball, working into volley cats, and then, of course, the soccer cats. But we'll go ahead and dive straight into the preseason honors for the women's catsball team, where K-State was picked to finish fourth in the Big 12 coaches poll, which they are just behind KU. Texas was number one, and I believe Baylor was second? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, that's about where I figured we would be. And I think that the talent probably warrants us being a touch higher, but I'm not going to complain about it, especially because the gap between us and KU was really not that significant. I think it was like 10 points. Yeah, it was only uh, 5 points. 5 points. Uh, 138 to 133 in uh, terms of voting points. So pretty close there. Um, and I, I think they were fairly clear of uh, uh, Oklahoma, who was in uh, fifth. At 121, so uh, obviously Texas way out in front. Uh, they've been extremely talented for a while, but K State definitely getting some preseason respect given the return of Aoka Lee, uh, return of Gabby Gregory, the Glenn twins, Serena Sundell, uh, and, and Terrence Sides making it to campus and supposedly being pretty impressive, and uh, plenty of other really quality role players like Eliza Moffin. Yeah. So, you know, that's about where we figured they would land just as a team. But there are a couple of preseason honors as well uh, in terms of individual players. Gabby Gregory was a unanimous selection to the preseason All-Big 12 team. Ioka Lee made a first-team appearance, and Serena Sandel was an honorable mention. Um, first off, congratulations to Gabby Gregory. Absolutely deserved being a unanimous selection. I am morbidly curious who forgot to put Ioka Lee on their ballot. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gabby Gregory definitely deserved unanimous. Um, but, yeah, I think I think that's the best way to put it is that somebody definitely just forgot Ioka Lee on their ballot. Uh, I'm not sure why she doesn't make it unless somebody's just really convinced she's not the same player. Um, but we have no reason to believe that right now. So uh, definitely – a little surprising to not see her as unanimous. I had all but written in um, Aoka Lee and Gabby Gregory as unanimous. Uh, wasn't expecting to see Sundell um, on the list, but that's a welcome surprise. Uh, so it was. Um, it's nice to get some preseason recognition. Um, again, a lot of it's guesswork and projection, but um, Aoka Lee uh, definitely deserved unanimous. So a little surprising. Yeah, it's also the first time since 2003 that K-State has had two players on the preseason All-Big 12 team. And I, I, I'm not surprised that Serena Sandel was an honorable mention. I do think that she is kind of underrated outside of K-State circles. But you could ask me just that about just about every non-rev athlete and I'd probably say that. Except for Ioka Lee and Gabby Gregory, because I feel like if you're saying they're underrated when they're, you know, preseason All-Big 12, you'd making a mistake, but yeah, it's just more and more reasons to get excited for the women's catsketball squad, just because they're so 
unbelievably talented, and I'm going to stop myself there before this turns into a women's basketball preview episode, but do you have any final thoughts before we move on to the Volleycats? Just really excited to get the season started. Uh, it's coming up pretty quick. I am also very excited, but now we can move into the in-season sports and starting with the Volleycats in their first match up against the University of Cincinnati, who went into this 7-5, and five, hadn't won a Big 12 match before this. K-State unfortunately did end up falling uh, in four sets, 25-21, 25-18, 25-16, 25-19. So the last two sets weren't horribly, well, they weren't horrible, but they're not as competitive and close as you would ideally like. But looking at the just the pure stats, it looked like a pretty close matchup, all things considered. Uh, 66 points, Cincinnati to K-State 63 dead even in kills at 48. Six aces for UC, five for K-State, 12 blocks UC, 10 K-State. And pretty much every other stat was remarkably close. The biggest difference for Cincy was the hitting percentage. They hit .204. We only hit .118. So... Yeah, I mean, that'll do it. It's really (laughs) that simple. That's a problem light rare. (laughs) But do you have the uh, individual stats? Yeah, so Leah Carter led the way with uh, 17 kills, and I Clinton and Shaylee Myers each had seven to follow. Uh, Izzy Shulshevsky and Mackenzie Morris each had two aces, and Lauren Hinkle added one. Uh, then Block, Sydney Bolding led with six, Anaya Clinton with five, then Shaylee Myers with three. Uh, and then on assists, Izzy Shulshevsky had 29, comfortably leading in that statistic. Lauren Hinkle had eight, and then Mackenzie Morris had three. And then Diggs, Mackenzie Morris had 16, Aaliyah Carter had 11, and Izzy Shulsevsky had 10. So uh, all three leaders there uh, in double figures and a, a lot of uh, a group effort there on Diggs. Um, this was a fairly well-fought match, and statistically K-State was doing fine, other than they really didn't hit particularly well in the final set, uh, um, not even uh, breaking even on their hitting percentage. Uh, they had a really good second set, which was the set that they won. Uh, but uh, beyond that, it was uh, just getting out hit by Cincinnati for the most part, uh, at least in uh, terms of percentage in K-State. It just wasn't clean enough on offense. Yeah, it just wasn't a very clean match for the Cats. But that doesn't mean that there wasn't a clean matchup for the Cats. And this was actually, we just got done watching this. And Connor can very much confirm that I was was very into this match. It was up against number 18 in the country, Baylor. It was a 3-2 victory in favor of your Kansas State Wildcats. It took a bonus set for this to happen. Uh, 25-18, 25-14, both in favor of the Cats. Then Baylor came storming back in sets 3-4, and 25-22, and then 25-21. Before K-State off of some pretty clutch hitting towards the back end as well as Baylor insisting that that a few balls were touched and then K-State bench trolling them. But it was, you know, 15-13. I just want to give a brief shout-out here. We don't we're recording this close enough to where individual stats are hard to get. But shout-out to uh, Mackenzie Morris with the basically game-saving digs at the very end. Yeah, she ended up with 18, and uh, she was awesome. Uh, she had two on one of the very last uh, uh, points uh, that were absolutely huge. That have been uh, shots that we've been missing most of the night. 
uh, but she was fantastic um, on uh, on uh, keeping the back line safe uh, towards the very end of the match. Uh, but she was really good. And all around, this was a... Especially the first two sets were fantastic. Oh, the first two sets were dominant. Yeah, K-State winning uh, fairly well in the first set and then dominating the second set, 25-14. Uh, those next two sets, three and four, they were kind of back and forth the whole way, except K-State tripped up just one too many times. And the fifth set was pretty similar, except it was the opposite. Baylor tripped up just one too many times. They missed a few shots long where K-State was hitting their shots, and uh, they had some strong blocks, and K-State blocking really well. Uh, finishing with 12 blocks uh, as a uh, team, uh, Sydney Bolding leading the way with seven. Uh, but there were some really great hitting performances as well. Uh, Aaliyah Carter had 19 kills. She did have 13 errors, but she was clutch uh, when we needed her. And she also had 20 digs as well. So really fantastic night for her. Uh, but I'll let you get the rest of the individual stats. Yeah. Uh, Shaley Myers also had a really amazing hitting percentage. Batting. batting. <laughs> hitting a 297. One dig, five blocks. Anaya Clinton had a pretty decent day. Ended up hitting .115, but with 10 kills. Shaley Myers had 14 kills. I didn't mention that. Uh, Brenna Schmidt had a quietly good day in a season that's been sort of up and down for her. Uh, eight kills, hitting a .412 with uh, four blocks, two digs. Uh, Sydney Bolding ended up getting six kills, uh, hitting .455, five digs, and seven blocks. As one does. <laughs> Uh, Katie Fornholz, 5 kills, and then a bunch just down the line. Lauren Hinkle, 23 assists, 12 digs. Izzy Shulsheski, 29 assists, 7 digs. And then, of course, Mackenzie Morris, 7 assists, 18 digs. As a team, we hit 214, which, given that we were at one point hitting, like, I think 430 after the second set. Yeah, uh, definitely brought it down a lot. A lot of uh, errors um, late in the uh, match. We were hitting long quite a bit. Um, in the second two sets, uh, but it's uh, it doesn't really matter, I guess. We still out-hit Baylor uh, 214 to 178, uh, or actually, no, that's a 214 to 096. Um, and so it was a fairly dominant performance for K-State, not just uh, in hitting well, but also with uh, the blocks. They... Uh, were fantastic defensively yet again. K-State remains one of the better blocking teams in all of the Big 12, uh, doing a really great job there. They're a bit vulnerable to blocks at times on offense, uh, but they've been generally pretty good at adjusting when they need to, uh, when it matters most. Uh, this is kind of, these last uh, few weeks, um, sans the Cincinnati match, um, it's felt like K-State flipping the script a little bit on how uh, they've been, how they were close with no cigar and a lot of matches before to uh, um, kind of starting to close out where they hadn't been before, like with the TCU game, uh, like West Virginia when they closed out when they needed to. And then tonight against number 18 Baylor, that's a ranked road victory, uh, which we don't see those every day. Was, as the Baylor broadcasters love to point out, we had not beaten uh, Baylor since 2018 and finally do that tonight. So If I were drinking, every time they mentioned that we hadn't beaten them since 2018, I would have been dead. Yeah. It would, their commentary was, well, they were trying their best. and they, uh, <laughs> uh, But, I mean, massive, massive win for volleyball on the road. 
Uh, they still haven't quite put it all together, but they are clearly starting to materialize and figure out the best uh, rotations um, to have on the floor. Um, um, what are our best combinations to have people on the floor? And uh, there's a lot to like about where this team is going right now. They're not there yet, but it's clear that they've been improving significantly these uh, last couple of weeks. Yeah. And the next couple of matchups for your Kansas State Wildcats are, again, up against Baylor the day this comes out at uh, 7 o'clock. Maybe just keep track of that game. (laughs) And then up against number 25, Iowa State in Manhattan, Kansas, in the Morgan Family Arena. Uh, Wednesday at 6.30. That's a Wildcat four-pack game, so get four tickets for relatively cheap and pack the morgue. You know what? Maybe they could do that like a Halloween thing. Pack the morgue. The morgue. Yeah. I just I think I think that'd be nice. I don't know if they're gonna do it, but it'd be cool. It would be cool. We should ask them. Because we have those connections. Yes, we do. <laughs> but that is the volley cats. Now we can talk a little bit about the soccer cats. Um, start with the bad. Uh, we went down to Baylor, down in Waco. Uh, ended up losing to Baylor two 0 both goals scored in the first half. Baylor was in this uh, five five and two one three and or uh, oh three and one in conference before this. Meh. It, it was just another one of the like a really not necessarily inspiring game. Um, I will say apparent it, it appears as if Baylor's goalkeeping work went, went crazy. <laughs> Yeah, um, K-State, while they were outshot in the first half, they wildly outshot Baylor in the second half. Uh, the second half, specifically, K-State outshot Baylor 19-3 to across the whole match. Uh, K-State outshot Baylor 23-13 to uh, with seven shots on goal to just five for Baylor. I uh, wasn't able to watch this game, but if you follow the Twitter account uh, for K-State Soccer, they did mention a few going off of the uh, um, crossbar at the very uh, at the top of the goal, uh, and a few going off the posts. So, a, a lot of, again, another um, K-State sport where there's a lot of close but no cigar, um, where it feels like they have had a few quality opportunities at times, but haven't quite put it all together. Um, we led Baylor in corner kicks seven to four. Fouls were tied 9-9. Nine nine. Um, at least if you look at the raw stats, this was a fairly evenly matched game. To If you looked only at shots, you'd think that K-State played a better game. But again, you know, soccer is a weird sport. There isn't a ton of scoring, and it's not easy to make up a deficit, um, especially once a team goes up 2-0. It is very easy to park the bus and put pretty much everyone back defensively and just try and stop people because you don't really need to score anymore, yeah. uh, especially at the college level. It's pretty easy to do that. So it's it's a difficult uh, sport to break through if you fall behind early. One of those goals being in the, uh, just the seventh minute uh, for Baylor. That's not helpful at all. Uh, Jasmine Brown getting a yellow card. It was pretty late, so it didn't affect too much. Uh, but K-State had some chances in this match uh, to um, at least um, break the scoreboard, uh, get a crooked number, but they weren't able to do that. And that marked uh, four straight matches uh, without a goal for K-State, uh, which is a pretty disappointing performance. They, they went four straight matches of losing 2-0, uh, in fact, uh, which pretty disappointing. Yeah. But, luckily, we won. 
We finally won. They finally won one. Up against a not-awful Houston squad, at least in terms of record. Overall uh, record, at least. Overall record. That's the kicker. No pun intended. But K-State ended up winning 1-0. The one goal was scored in the 23rd minute by Jasmine Brown in the first half. And this was, first off, congratulations. I, I don't want to sound like too much of a jerk when I say this, but I'm very happy that we've scored a goal for nearly the first time in a month. But, you know, it's also good picking up that first conference dub against a Houston squad that was 7-5-1 and one going into this. Uh, conference had not been as kind to them. They are a 1-4-0, and oh, which matched our... Well, never mind. No, it didn't. Ours was 0-4-1. My fault. But <laughs> if you read it backwards. But, yeah, this one was significantly better because not only did we keep the shooting advantage, we also didn't allow them to score at all. Yeah. And you know what that means? It means that we won. It means we won. It means that we won a soccer game, and the uh, soccer cats come out on top in a home match, uh, finally breaking the winless streak. Uh, K-State, again, comfortably outshot in the first half. Houston, 11-5. They scored on a corner kick early with Jasmine Brown. Uh, That's how we were able to get some scores earlier in the season. Uh, was just getting Jasmine Brown into the air near the goal because she's very tall and she's very athletic. And honestly, fair strategy. Winning formula. Yeah. So Casey ends up out shooting Houston 18 to 11, nine shots on target to just four on target for Houston. Uh, this is a, a pleasant surprise, I think. I was, I was going to this match probably expecting a draw, knowing Houston wasn't great. But getting out with a victory... Uh, it, it feels good, no matter who the opponent is, especially when you've been on uh, a losing streak like K-State. Um, not a ton to say about this. We followed this the best we could. It was happening concurrently with the uh, uh, volleyball match. But uh, K-State was luckily able to win before the volleyball match ended, so we at least um, had some good news before the uh, volleyball match came to its uh, dramatic conclusion. Yeah, I'm just happy we... We, we won. Uh, then, believe it or not, the Soccer Cats only have four more matches left until the tournament. That is at BYU. Uh, we're not beating them, respectfully. <laughs> Versus West Virginia at home. That's tough. Versus Iowa State at home. That's doable. And then at KU, which is also doable. I don't think I had an appreciation for how short the soccer season is before now. Yeah, it's really not particularly long, and uh, it's kind of unfortunate that it's a fall sport as well, because uh, it does get buried even though it has a shorter season. Granted, it does start a little earlier, but regardless, it still ends fairly early. Some of that is just because uh, I think they want to get um, the tournaments rolling before it gets too unbearably cold, but still, it's... Uh, pretty unfortunate that it ends as early as it does it should probably be a spring sport probably. i think it would work really well concurrently with baseball especially well for our case specifically because the <laughs> the two parks are right next to each other yeah uh but uh regardless hopefully we can take this and compound it into beating maybe west virginia iowa state and ku or any of them uh i don't think we're scoring against byu nope uh, BYU is one of the best teams in the entire country. Um, they have been for a while. Um, but we, we have some chances at home still uh, to maybe pull off a, uh, 
a stunner or at least get some decent results. Yeah. Uh, if we go on a bit of a streak right now, we might still be able to make into the Big 12 tournament. Yeah, and that's the goal. Make it into the tournament. So I didn't have it written down, but we almost forgot the wacky segment of the week. And uh, this one, I'm just going to keep it simple. It's a, it's a would-you-rather question. Would you rather get hit 10 times by an Aaliyah Carter kill attempt, twice by a Tyson Neighbors fastball, or five times by Austin Moore coming through the A-gap? Um, definitely not uh, Tyson Neighbors. Um, I guess it would I partially depend on where I take... No, I'm joking. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and Austin Moore through the A-gap... Um, if, am I just standing there? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, if I was moving, I could like maybe like soften the blow a little. Mm-mm. I think the answer is potentially Aaliyah Carter here. The volume is what really makes it the worst, but the one thing that's going for it is that the ball is like bouncy, at least, yeah. as opposed to baseball, where I'll just die, and <laughs> football pads are not exactly soft. So I, I think I have to take the the volleyball hits. Um, are they to the head? They're wherever they end up. Okay. Well, it does not count if it hits your foot. But my knee is good. Your knee's fine. Okay. Uh, can I move my head? Yes. Okay. I need head. I, I need some protection <laughs> up there. My, my noggin's been knocked around a few too many times, but. Um, <laughs> I, I think I'd take the volleyball hits, and that's a begrudging choice um, because I think that would hurt pretty badly as well. But I think it would maybe be the one I'd be most likely to recover from without any long-term ailments. <laughs> For the record, originally the, the question wasn't going to be neighbor's fastball. It was going to be Kalen Culpepper liner. <laughs> that would kill you. Those kill people. <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, I, I'm not doing that. So <laughs> there, there's, there's not even any thought given to that. Uh, if I had to pick for the same question, I'd probably go Austin Moore in the A-gap. I, I I think by hit, like, three, I would be just used to it enough to where I would like I'd just get the other two out of the way. Volume with the Aaliyah Carter hit, you know, at least, like, three of those are going to hit you in the face. So you're probably going to deal with, like, a broken nose. Um, and if you, if you just get like bonked straight down, I feel like that's, that's going to be a headache. that's going to last quite a few hours. Um, yeah, the neighbor's fastball. I don't, if it was like a neighbor's changeup, maybe, but he still throws like 86 on his changeups. So it's not going to feel good. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go Austin Moore in the a gap. Hey, more power to you, man. Plus, I, maybe he'll show some like solidarity for Austin's. You do stand a better shot with that than I do, I guess. So, uh, you have any final thoughts, Connor? No, I don't really ever think about anything. I haven't had a thought in five years. Anyway, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. If you want to reach out or contact the show, you can follow us just about anywhere at Aggieville Acats. If you want to email us, we're AggievilleAlleyCats at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on a more personal note, I am at ACEdward00. I am at Connor Baltazor, capital C, capital B. 
And if you want to support the show financially, please be sure to check out the official Aggieville Alley Cats merch store. Link in the podcast description as well as our Twitter bio. But most importantly, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Alley Cats.